0: Nicole Bigley and you are listening to a listener series on a psychic story. Hi Psychic listeners, if this is your first episode of A Psychic Story, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. This is the fifth listener episode of the podcast where we share stories you submitted, whether they were in the form of the website, email, or the 1-800 number. If you live outside the U.S. and the 1-800 number isn't an option for you, you can record the audio on your phone and send it through to contact at contactatapsychicstory.com. I also want to thank Scott for reviewing every single submission that comes in and then making recommendations for us to talk about them here on the podcast. That said, let's get to it. Hi, Scott. How have you been?
1: Hi, Nicole. Yeah, glad to be back. And um, as you mentioned, it is fun to go through the uh, listener submissions because there's so many things going on out there. And it's great to, and thank you all to the listeners that uh, submitted stories. It's great to review.
0: Yes, I know we've talked about it before, but I love hearing all the voicemails that come through and reading all the emails, but Scott also goes through, like I said, all the form that's on the website. That you guys submit and everything else. So it's always fun to see what he picks out as well as we theme them. Okay, so what has been new with you since last time we talked? On the podcast, that is.
1: Well, I'm glad I'm done with all my races for the season. I finished my last race uh, last weekend, and now I can kind of uh, maintain until next May. So I set up these races for myself uh, just to keep active and have a goal, you know, to keep working out, you know, at least a few times a week anyway. But the one thing I wanted to mention is that I had kind of a epiphany in a way. And I don't usually like to share these types of things, but I, I think it's important because I think a lot of people could be going through these types of feelings. So. Um, what I noticed was over the last few months working on the podcast with you was I started feeling bad, <laughs> you know, and I, I couldn't really put a finger on it, but I was it's not feeling really great. And, I, and then I realized that I was kind of comparing myself to a lot of our guests and to you and to say, like, I can't be like a Lauren Drake or a Mary Kay or Nicole or Melissa Sparrow. You know, I don't have these abilities like, you know, I'm just not there. And I started feeling down about that. And then, you know, thought kept kicked in my head saying, you're making a mistake of comparison. You know, very common thing. As people say, if you compare yourselves with others, you're either going to be conceited or feeling depressed. So I kind of came to that realization like, no, I'm just not going to be that. I'm not, I don't have those abilities, at least not yet. You know, so right now I'm done. And that was a, a big weight off my shoulders to, to realize that. So I'm like, okay, great. I felt good. You know, I'm, I'm, I'll just accept who I am, where I am, off I go. So fast forward an hour later, I'm going to uh, help with a friend's uh, goat sanctuary. And uh, if, if any of you know about goat sanctuaries and goats, goats like to be off the ground, especially at night, uh, sleeping at night. They, la- they like to be on, off, the, off the ground on something. So I offered to build a platform for one of the goats at my friend's uh, sanctuary. and I went and I did all the measurements prior to that, but I went to Home Depot to get the lumber. And what I did when I took the measurements is I measured the width of the the stall and and uh, there was planks, you know, like four planks I needed to create the platform. And so I added up the inches of the planks divided by 12. I needed three eight-foot two-by-10s. So, okay, great. I'm at Home Depot picking out the two-by-10s and I'm putting them in the uh, cart. And a voice, it was like almost an audible voice. It was that loud of a thought that said, you can't get more than one plank out of a board. And it was almost like, what? And then I thought about it. And the way I, because I just measured the inches and divided by 12, there was a lot of waste, and I couldn't get the length of each plank out of the board. So I needed, instead of three boards, I needed four. And then I'm, I'm realizing, I'm like, wait a minute, I, I just heard a voice. I heard this. like, and, and so I started tearing up, like, maybe I do have some psychic abilities that I'm not aware of or that I hadn't thought about. So I started kind of tearing up a little bit, like in the lumber department at Home Depot. And then right after that, a another thought came to my head. And it was very stern, kind of like it came. It sounded like I've been here the whole time. And then that was even worse. And I started like even more so like, oh, my gosh. And then in my and you ever like you see a a mirror, hold a mirror up against the mirror and you see all the mirrors like in stacked in for a flash of a second. It was like my life kind of panned backwards in all these parts of my life. And I saw I felt that his presence was there the whole time. And so there I was kind of like wheeling out of Home Depot. My eyes were probably red. People were wondering like, you know, why is this guy so upset about these boards? (laughs) So anyway, I thought that it was a good experience for me and that that's part of the shift, you know, is that people like me are going to start feeling things and seeing, hearing. Other things like that is going to start to happen and we can't get freaked out about it. We certainly can't compare ourselves with others. Um, but uh, in my case, that it was like a big thing. So I, I feel very, very comfortable now, like where I am, certainly working with you and podcasts and talking to our uh, guests. I get a feel of psychic uh, abilities and energies and intuition. I'm learning to trust that. And that's OK. Like wherever I am, that's OK. So I hope that that uh, helps any of you out there that are experienced that, because it's it certainly... Uh, it, it it turned my life around you know, emotionally in that way
0: mm-hmm. Well, I love that you shared that because I do get a lot of messages. I shouldn't say a lot, but frequent messages about people, you know, which is really why we started the listener episodes too, is so that you hear from quote unquote, regular everyday people. Because when you hear these quote unquote, phenomenal stories from other people, you do get in some cases comparing yourself, or maybe you get frustrated because you don't feel like you're further along or whatever that is. And so, you know, there's that, but then also. So the fact that you heard the voice. So I do, did want to ask you a couple questions. Had you heard the voice before, or was that like literally the first time?
1: No. See, that that's the thing is that the second message, kind of like I've been here the whole time. I'm I'm believing now that I've heard it before, but it was just like my thought or my you know some I don't know. I just kind of noticed it, it was there and you know not really taking notice. And so for some reason this was a little bit louder, or maybe I'm more aware, or maybe I'm dialed in a little bit better, but
0: you're paying attention.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I do, I would say that I can, I can see now where it, it has happened many, many other times. I just didn't notice it,
0: or didn't know what it was necessarily. And so then when you also said you hear it or you heard it, Can you explain a little bit about what it sounded like? Because I do think that sometimes people think that hearing is like a voice, which it's in some cases it can be. But others, at least from my experience, when it's your own voice and your own intuition, it's more like hearing a thought versus hearing an actual voice. So was that like that for you or what was it specifically?
1: Yeah, I think that is the Claire in a sense. That's how you can determine the, the difference between Claire audio and clairvoyance, whatever. It's not of your head. It's n- it's not of your v- own voice. It's something else. So that's how I kind of uh, received it as it was, like I mentioned, it was so strong. It was almost like an audio voice, but it wasn't, but it was that, it was that loud of a thought.
0: Yeah. It's hard to describe. So that's why I always like to ask people,
1: And then I had a certain feeling, like, it's not me thinking of this. Otherwise, I would have thought it already. (laughs) Like, You know, like this is new information coming into my head. That's really it.
0: And not necessarily have you tearing up as a result of it either.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's... uh, it's a good lesson.
0: Okay. Now, I do have a couple other questions. First of all, so people that uh, don't know about your race, how do you? what do you, races do you do?
1: Yeah, the races that I do is uh, I used to run triathlons until about a couple years ago. I had a herniated disc, stopped running. You know, I couldn't really run anymore. So they're the, they're, these are called aquabike races, and they're the swimming and biking part of triathlons. And then also I got into uh, open water swimming, which is something brand new. I never swam competitively, but uh, some of the aqua bike races are in a pool, in you know swimming part of the pool. Others are in a lake. Uh, the, I did one last year that swim was in a lake, open water, whole different ball game. Folks, if you ever want to do this. Swimming, uh, racing in a lake compared to a pool, a lot of different uh, things to consider. And so then my last race was just a mile uh, race around, you know, it's, a, it's around a course in a lake, beautiful setting. And so, yeah, they're, they're one of the best experiences I have is when I'm fit, I've trained, and I can run a race like. All out. It's a great feeling. So that's what I like to do. And it gets me off the couch during the week if I know I have a race in four weeks, three weeks, two weeks.
0: Well, good for you. I don't run unless it's a bad situation, <laughs> unless somebody's after me. I'm running away from someone or something. Uh, well, that's awesome. Yeah. So for me, it just, I feel like the summer is flying by. It's been busier than usual for a lot of people. Summertime tends to be not quite so busy, but for me, it usually is the most busy or the busiest time of the year, whether it's through work and full time, but also with my family and other things like that. But yeah, I just feel like it's been slipping by. And before we know it, it is going to be next year. But before we get into the stories, I did want to take a moment to thank our newest patrons over on Patreon. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it is a platform that A Psychic Story uses to share additional content like bonus episodes, behind the scenes insights, and more. In fact, um, in a couple weeks, we're going to be dropping some additional fun Q&A with the last 10 or so guests, and some of that's going to be audio, but then there will also be a little bit of video too. So I just wanted to say welcome to Maria Fleshman, Yumi Lamone, Michael Lamone, Yasmin Snellings, Kay Esley, Catherine Lugo, and Amanda Tucker. Now, this month's listener stories relate to receiving messages from loved ones who have passed away. Scott, why don't you start us off?
1: Sure, thanks. Uh, yeah, this story is from Nicole from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, where her family regularly heard voices and sounds in their houses as she, even as she was growing up, until one day, a more physical intervention
2: I'm excited that you had the opportunity to share like a spiritual encounter. I don't I don't know if I've ever experienced more of the um, angel encounters and maybe I have. I just I always consider them to be spirits at this point. Um, so I really don't differentiate, but um, all my life honestly we've had very weird things happen at our house, like noises, um, our trash can with like the moving lid used to move, when you'd be sitting at the kitchen table and nobody would be around and it would just start moving back and doors opening and closing when you're standing next to it. Even just like we used to have this weird thing happen too where there was a point in time where you'd hear smashing sounds in our basement um, and everybody in the house would hear them and then you'd go downstairs and nothing would be missing or moved or like broken or anything like that. Sometimes you'd hear whistling or you'd hear people talking but you can't really make out what they're saying. All kind of things like that. I used to be very afraid when I was younger but my mom used to always tell me not to be afraid. I guess this is a very normal occurrence in her side of the family to experience all of these things. But it's weird though, because our house was built by my dad in I'd say maybe the eighties and it's land that's been in our family for quite some time. So I guess my mom's dad used to always say that there must've been Indians in the area, maybe that's part of what's happening but as I got older I definitely was not as freaked out by it but when I was younger I used to be very freaked out because a lot of the things would center around myself. I'd experience a lot of the things in the house, see things, see things out of the corner of my eye and I still do today but I'm just not as freaked out by it. Um, I've learned good spiritual hygiene to kind of protect myself from it but there's one experience in particular I want to share just because it was it was such a different experience. I had this cross necklace and I was probably um like preteen at this point, like 11 or 12. And I wore this every day. It was something I really never took off for any reason. And if I did, it was only off for a brief period of time. But I found a lot of comfort in it because I had a lot of anxiety throwing up and even still do today. But one day when I was, I woke up in the morning, I couldn't find it. And I must have taken it off at some point in time. And I just couldn't remember where I put it. And so what I decided to do was just kind of look around and see if I could find it and I couldn't so I started becoming a little bit more frantic. I thought at one point that maybe I had taken it off and left it on the deck of the pool. Um, I looked around outside in our yard. I looked in all throughout the house. I couldn't find it. Um, I remember calling my mom kind of saying I, I have no idea where I put this and I was very upset by this because it was something I I really did cherish. Um, and. I did, I mean, I've always had more of a spiritual connection, but I tried to use it to my advantage in this situation and just really ask for guidance or help in finding this, this necklace. Um, and keep in mind, too, when I woke up, I didn't have it, and I kind of tore my entire bed apart to try and find this necklace. And then that's when I went outside and I looked around the house and I I could not find it anywhere. And I probably spent like an hour or so looking for this, just frantically looking. And I kept saying like, please, please help me. Like talking to my spirit guides or whomever, whoever has passed at that point in time. And I remember walking back into my bedroom and on my bed. Now, again, blankets are all messed up. Everything's crumpled around on my bed. Laying on top of it was the cross necklace laid out as if somebody, like the chain was straight. The cross was right side up laying on top of all of the blankets as if somebody had placed it there which I thought was like mind-boggling at that point in time but yeah I will probably call back and share more stories I have so many and it's it's such a fun thing that we do in our family Of like we just talk about the random things that happen and and laugh about it and you're like oh wow I had this happen to me the other day I definitely think there's a lot of activity that that happens for our family. But thank you again for having such a wonderful platform and giving listeners the ability to share. I'm looking forward to your book up and coming soon and to uh, listen to
0: more podcast episodes. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Nicole, for sharing that. uh, uh, You know, growing up, I didn't have anything like that. Uh, we were saying, you know, just you know, hearing things like on a regular basis, that must have been incredible. I mean, it seemed like you were okay with it, talking with your mom about it, but still a, a lot of activity in your house.
0: Yeah. I haven't had any experiences that I know of or that I can recount where something physical has happened like that. You know, you hear stories a lot about objects disappearing or people can't find them and then... Only, you know, they look multiple places and then a place they go back, all, all of a sudden it's there. And, you know, I guess some people would probably maybe chalk that up to, oh, well, maybe you didn't see it when you were looking. Or, I mean, you can you can go through all of these things and kind of just count it. But it, for for me, when I was listening to that, what really stood out is that it's just laying there perfectly. And, you know, to our knowledge, no one had placed it there. So it's like this spirit or the soul placed it because it knew that there was importance for her and that she could find it I don't know you you mentioned you hadn't didn't have any of those experiences growing up but did you ever misplace something and and find it or in this case where was something more dramatic
1: I don't think so you know the joke is why is everything you look for always in the last place you you look for it? <laughs> Mhm. It's because you stop looking for it after. You stop looking for it. So it's always in the last place. But anyway, um no, nothing like that. But the one thing that that kind of stuck out to me was like all the things that Nicole was talking about, it was it was like it wasn't personal. Like noises, bangings, this, and then all of a sudden it's like all of a sudden they're listening. They they're they're tuned in to me, you know? When she found the necklace. So that would be a little like.
0: It's intelligent.
1: Yes, it's intelligent. Yeah.
0: There's some intelligence. Yeah, because you could explain it away to say maybe it's either a house and the normal quirks that a, a house would have, but also maybe if you believe that it's haunted, maybe there's residual energy or hauntings because there's things that. You know, the idea or theory is that energy is, can stay in a certain place. And so maybe it's repetitive, almost like on a loop. But in this instance, yes, you're absolutely correct that there seems to be some intelligence. And if the physical manifestation or creation of placing that there is really neat. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for sharing, Nicole.
1: Yeah. The other thing that stuck out to me was the native uh Native Americans in the area, in the in the Harrisburg area, or the Harrisburg area, and they were the Susquehannock and the Lenape tribes, which were really in that area for over ten thousand years before they were moved to Oklahoma with all the other Indian tribes in the late you know late eighteen hundreds. But yeah, so that could be you know remnant of spirits uh, in that area that stayed and were involved in the house as well.
0: Yeah, I think that we sometimes forget that America itself and the birthplace of America is still so young and that there are so many indigenous peoples and native peoples of the land where it's super sacred and we build up over it and we forget that there's that part of history and culture and that sacred energy as well. And so that absolutely could have been a piece of, you know, what was going on here. Okay, now this story is from Janice from Long Beach, California, who received multiple messages that came through in a few different forms from her dad right after he passed.
3: So I just wanted to call to share my angel story about my dad. Um, He passed away April 30th, 2022, and he had ailing health for a while. And so the night that he passed, I was talking to my sister on the phone and um, I remember when I was talking to her the light flickered in my living room and it never flickers and we had just changed out the light bulb so I remember thinking oh that's really strange you know like why is it and it was a very pr- pronounced flicker and so and then for some reason I just started thinking of my dad and my sister had uh, at that, for maybe around like five minutes after the light flickered, she received a text message from one of her friends who also happens to be a medium. And the, the text message from her friend said, your father just passed away about like five minutes ago. And so, and I just, I got goosebumps when my sister told me, and I was like, that's when the light flickered! And so I really, really think that was my dad. Fast forward one month after um, he passed, I just I still miss him, but I really, you know, when it's really still fresh, I just really missed him. And um, we had just got back from Sacramento after the funeral and, and visiting my mom and all that stuff. And so I have one morning at like five o'clock in the morning, I remember I woke up and then I fell back asleep and I had a visitation for my dad. And in my dream, my sisters were in the dream. They, my, my, we were sitting in his truck. And he was in the passenger seat, and I was in the driver's seat. And my dad was a very, you know, he repaired AC and refrigerators. And he was a very messy person, and his car and his van were always a a mess. And I remember in in the visitation, he was sifting through a big stack of envelopes, like mail. Um, and you know, in, in the physical, in the physical world, he always stressed out about like money and paying bills. And I would always see him sifting through his mail. And so in the dream he was sifting through a big stack of mail. And I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, my dad's here. And, and my sister, uh, my twin sister was in the background just packing up my dad's stuff. And so in my dream, I knew he was, he had passed. And then, and then I just looked over my dad and it just felt really natural. And I said, dad, what's heaven like? And so when I asked him that, he stopped sifting and he said, well, there's no Kindle, there's no iPad, there's no iPhone. And he just kind of like looked off into the distance and I said, oh, okay. And it was quiet. And then, and then I realized, I said, I said, this is your moment to tell your dad how much you miss him. So I leaned over. And I gave him a hug and I, I just kept saying, Daddy, we miss you. You know, we love you so much. We miss you so much. We wish you were here. And I was, and I did it to the point where I just was uncontrollably crying. I just kept saying, I miss you. I miss you, Dad. I love you. And he didn't hug me back. He just kept looking straight ahead. And I, cried so hard I woke myself up and what was really crazy was that once I woke up I I couldn't catch my breath because I was crying so hard in the dream and my husband rolled over and wrapped his arms around me and he usually doesn't do that at all actually he's only done it like twice in the almost 10 years that we've been married and I know in my heart of hearts that that was my dad who nudged him to do that. It was a very, very tight hug, tight squeeze, right when I woke up. And so, I was just so happy. I was like, oh my gosh, was that a visit And I kept asking my dad, I said, uh, I was talking to my dad, and I said, Dad, you know, that was such a nice visit. Can you please, I wanna know that it was a real visit. Can you please confirm with me that it was a real visit? And my dad, since he passed, had has been showing me pennies. And because every time I see a penny, I think of him. And his name was Lucky Chan. So that was his first name, Lucky. So anyway, after that dream, I, you know, I asked him to show me a sign and I just kind of went about my day, didn't think about it anymore. And then my husband had been, he was upstairs and he was like, I'm looking for some quarters. Can you help me? And so I go upstairs and my husband's in the bedroom and he had poured out this kind of like this coin container that we had. And lo and behold, I kid you not, there was a mound of pennies on the table. And I'm like, did you put that there? He's like, yeah, I'm just sifting for quarters and we just have too many pennies. And I got goosebumps because right next to the mound of pennies was a necklace that I had bought years ago I couldn't find and the necklace was, uh, had the word lucky on it. And I just was like, I just stopped in my tracks and I just couldn't believe what I was looking at. And um, uh, I'm gonna email you the picture that I took because I was just in such disbelief and I texted and I emailed, or I texted my sister, I called her, I was like, oh my God, you're not gonna believe what I just, what happened and what I just saw. So anyway, I'll always remember that, and um, it's it's like every time I tell the story, it's like it just happened yesterday, and I'm just so grateful that my dad came to visit, and so yeah, that's my angel story.
0: Wow, so another necklace. <laughs> Another necklace. But what I love about this one is that the necklace was one that she had been missing, and it had Lucky on it. And on top of that, it was a mound of pennies. It wasn't just one. You hear about nickels and dimes and quarters and pennies and loved ones sharing, and even angels from heaven dropping those in over time. And for this, it was like she just had all of the signs at once together. So what did you think, Scott? Yeah. The
1: one thing I was thinking about was that the, the idea and psychological development is that we don't live our lives, we live our patterns. And so when she was talking about her dad, you know, counting bills and kind of doing the same thing, yeah, you know, I wonder if those patterns extend beyond... You know this life. You know that was so. There's the one thing I thought about, and then the other thing is
0: I hope we're not paying bills on the other side.
1: <laughs> That's true.
0: Because <laughs> good lord.
1: <laughs> no, I want to stop. The other thing was, and many times I feel bad about asking for signs and asking for things. You know, please send me this. Please, you know, send me, show me a sign, and um, and certainly um, this happened here. And and then I think, you know, it's probably like, you know, if my kids ask me for something, you know, once when they were little, I, my uh, son called up, you know, it was late, like eight o'clock at night. And he goes, hey, dad, you know, I have to go somewhere and get something. And it would it was like an hour and a half out of my night, you know, to do this. But it's like, of course, of course, I'll do it. You know, because you love them and you want to support them. So if I think of it in terms of that, then I think, well, you know, I think it's not bad to ask for a sign. People are happy. Spirits, angels, loved ones are happy to help us in those situations.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, you know, we talk a lot about asking our, or connecting with our loved ones, connecting with our guides and angels. And really, they're constantly with us. It's not like they go anywhere. At least the angels and and the archangels are always by our side, so we don't necessarily have to connect and communicate with them or ask them for things. But when it comes to anything, any instances specifically like this, it's like I keep hearing, my pleasure, my pleasure, that whole thing that a lot of people will say, because it's not that they're in human form any longer. It's not an inconvenience. It's not something that we would probably put a human filter on or perspective on because they love connecting with us when we're open to it and providing us with those insights and messages and signs. At least that's my opinion. I could be wrong there unless my grandmother comes uh, from the other side and tells me that I'm wrong type of thing. But... Ultimately, I think they enjoy it. They probably love to be, and, and our pets too, our animals who are on the other side, they're probably always trying to get our attention because, you know, they never want to leave us essentially, but okay. So for those who submitted emails, Scott and I are going to read a couple. I'll take the first one. This story includes a few amazing experiences from Lori F., Thank you, Lori, about connecting with her dad after he passed. My father died unexpectedly from a heart attack. I say unexpectedly because it was. However, as a child, I had always feared his hot temper and demeanor would cause a heart attack. So did I know that he would eventually die this way on some level? I often wondered now. I probably did always know on some level because the day he died before I knew he was gone, I was exhausted. I was at work having a shitty day, and often when I was having one of those, I'd call my dad and he'd cheer me up with some of his missives. Give them hell, honey. Tell them to go screw, honey. Ah, who cares? They are a bunch of idiots. Just do the work and get home. You know, dad advice, right? So on the shitty day, I called my dad, but I got his answering machine, and upon hearing his voice on the message, I thought... What if this is the last thing I ever have or hear from my dad? To which I immediately admonished myself thinking, Who thinks these things? What's wrong with me? I cannot even recall if I left a message, but I went about my day trying to push that morbid thought out of my head until it was time to leave. And then the phone rang. It was my sister. I said, I got to go. I have a class to teach. And she said, wait, you don't know. And so, of course, my heart sunk in my throat at first thinking, oh, no, grandpa or grandma died or maybe my aunt who had cancer. Logically, I said, did grandpa die? She said, no. I said, Aunt Nancy. She said, Lori, dad died today. And then it was like I got sucked into a tunnel or a vortex on autopilot and I blurted out, I have to go teach my class. Clearly in shock. My sister calmly told me that I had to do no such thing and to get off the phone with her and call my boss and tell them that I would not be coming in work. I made my calls then called my husband who was on call at the hospital and he had already heard the news from my stepmom. Fast forward after the burial, my husband was driving us all in one van because we sibs and all of our kids didn't wanna be apart in separate cars. As my husband pulls into the parking space at my dad's place, all these images flash before me. There was my dad playing tennis, how he died, but he loved the game. Walking across a parking lot, wearing his beret and carrying his French purse, and all these various scenes in rapid fire, and I couldn't stop it, and I even said, I can't get my dad out of my head, and I put my own head down into my hands. While in this position, I felt my head being lifted up so gently, and there was my dad, his hands on either side of my head. He was younger, vibrant, with the bluest eyes, we all have blue eyes, and this bright, bright light all around him. He didn't speak, but I clearly heard, I'm okay, and then he was gone, poof. It wasn't until later that evening when I saw someone's hand on the banister coming down the stairs and from where I was sitting in the kitchen with my sisters and brothers. This hand looked like my dad's. And in that split second, I was thinking that I felt like I'd been pushed from behind and blurted out, I saw dad. I told them all about what had happened. My oldest sister, the Buddhist hippie, explained she'd read and knew that when people pass, they often take on the age when they were the happiest. So maybe this younger image I saw of my dad was that. I don't know. I only know what I saw and felt and heard, and retelling that story still makes me cry. Then a few weeks after he passed, I was sobbing, just sobbing, missing him, and I felt him sitting on the bed, hand on my back, and I heard him say, it's okay, honey, I'm here, and then he was gone. A couple years after that, I was on bed rest with our firstborn, and I had a bunch of names written down for the first and middle names, for both genders, since we didn't know the gender and didn't want to. I had a dream, and in it, there was my dad. He was standing in an open doorway that was light-filled behind him, and I started crying happy tears because it was so good to see him and I missed him so much, and I hadn't seen him since right after he died. Only felt him that one other time. I had a baby in my arms and walked up to him and said, look at my baby, dad. And he said, Emily Jordan is beautiful. I had both names written down, but never in that combo. So my dad named our firstborn. Years later after that, my husband and I went through a really rough patch and our marriage was touch and go for a while. And during this time, we had to attend a family wedding. Our youngest girls were flower girls and all of that, so it wasn't like I could skip it. I dreaded going, hated being there, and as the ceremony began, the music faded out in my ears, and all I heard at that point was a male voice, calm yet commanding, make it work or work it out, something to that effect. It was my dad for sure, and ultimately, we did work it out. Thanks, dad, truly." Finally, a couple years ago, I was interviewing for a new job and she was asking a lot of questions such as, where are you from? Where did you go to school? What's your maiden name? Blah, blah. And upon hearing the names of my parents, she stopped mid-sentence. She said, you have to wait here. She grabbed a notebook and said, I use this when I meet with my medium and you won't believe this. She turned to the pages on which she'd written the notes from her recent session just days before and showed me. Circled at the top of the page was my dad's name, Ira. Not when you hear often. And she had no idea at the time why the medium told her to write it down. But she'd had and said, I think your dad wants to talk to you. It took some convincing and she'd asked me about chocolate and why did she write down chocolate? It was my dad for sure. So I made an appointment with this woman and wow, what a thrill. He was there, took up the whole room. Other relatives came in first, but then he just swooped in with his larger than life personality intact. Needless to say, I was so grateful to have this experience. And soon after my session, my boss, now friend, went back for another one. And before that could even begin, the medium said she couldn't start the session yet because my dad was there. He'd come back during my friend's session. They asked him what he wanted. And his response through the medium was, thank you so much. That was the most fun I've had. I've been trying to reach her for so long. I've since had some additional sessions with the medium and he's come through and every single time it's meaningful and special." I know he's the cardinal singing so loudly outside in my yard. I know he's with me all the time and checking up on my kids and his other kids and theirs. He's busy for sure. I haven't had many dreams about him, but boy, he's managed to show up when I need him. That's my story long, but thanks for reading.
1: Wow. That is just incredible. I mean, all the connection points. So many. Yeah. All the connection points. It's just incredible. And then, you know, is it, because of her longing for her dad, you know, to show up or is it her dad longing for her, you know, some combinations. like how does these how do these things happen? Is it, you know, is it intentional? Is it can be, you know, encouraged.
0: Yeah. I mean, My thoughts are that we, you've heard me say this before, we're all energy. Energy doesn't, you know, ever die. It just changes form and it transitions. And I also think that we have these bonds. We have, whether they're emotional or energetic, however you want to explain the actual bond, which is why we probably feel like we have soulmates, whether that's through love and romance or family and friends, pets, that sort of thing. And these bonds are created over time and through various experiences. And so when we have that love and that connection, it's just a beautiful thing because time, space, dimensions no don't ever separate us fully. And so when we are missing someone or when our intention is pure, when we really want to make that connection... I think they show up in these beautiful, miraculous ways. And, you know, you could argue that it's because of someone's intuition and how they use and leverage their intuition. You could also say it's because, you know, there was like the flickering of lights in the one instance and, you know, spirit does need, from what I understand, sometimes energy and electricity is an, is an easy way for them to draw upon energy in order to manifest and show. But ultimately you know, when the person's open, when their intention is to connect and communicate, and they want to receive, I think our our soulmates and our loved ones and everything else in between shows up for us in these ways.
1: Yeah, and 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 and, and thank you for sending this in. Or it's really a special story. It, it's a, it's almost like an extension of your relationship on Earth. You know, and so it's like nothing new. You know, so that's why because I often wonder like, how come? you know, my parents or my mom or dad aren't like intervening. And, and that was kind of it. It's like, they really left me alone and, you know, they, they weren't directive and we didn't have that type of, you know, uh, jointed hip kind of connection, uh, during the life. So I I feel they're here, uh, but I don't see them. And certainly they're not, you know, they didn't name any of my kids, <laughs> those types of things. But uh, but yeah, what a, what a great uh, collection of, uh, of stories.
0: Yeah. And I would say that she's probably a medium. Maybe her dad is the only soul so far that she's communicated with in such big ways. But in, intuitively, that's what I'm getting. I just heard medium as well. So while she's been going to a medium, Lori, you probably are one. And you you may want to explore that a little bit even if it's just for your own personal you know personal benefit and that sort of thing but i did want to just quickly share because this is popping in my head there was an experience that i heard so i apologize but i can't remember if it was through a client session or if i heard it on another podcast but it was about someone who also had lost their father and she kept wondering you know are you okay are you okay are you okay and it just really was worrying her and finally she had this experience through a dream and there there her dad was sitting before her and he said I'm okay and she's like I don't believe it like I still you know I'm worried about you and he said if I show you how this feels will you believe me and she said sure and she said when and he took her hand, his hands glowed. And it was just beautiful, bright light. And as the hands were glowing for about five, ten seconds, she felt nothing but enormous peace and love and, and bliss. And then it as his hands, you know, the glow kind of subsided, it went away. And he said, that's how I feel. That's how we feel when we're on the other side. So that was comforting to hear that. Again, more through a dream and not through like a physical manifestation per se, but I think that our our loved ones will find ways, again, whether it's through the pennies, the necklace experiences, uh, or through dreams and and what have you. But
1: Yeah, very good. Okay, I'll take the next one. All right. So this story is from Lucia T, and it begins, first, I'd like to say thank you for your spiritual work and your podcast. I lost my mama, Becky, 19 months ago to COVID, and that loss along with the previous loss of my brother, Stevie, many years earlier, uh, pushed me towards uh, my spiritual journey. And I say pushed because it had been a long time coming. One of the first things I was led to do was to seek out spiritual healers and research podcasts that dealt with grief, spiritual awakenings, etc. I didn't have the urge to seek traditional therapy, although I did have a few sessions because I tried that route when my brother died and it was not that helpful. Your podcast was one of the first that I started listening to shortly after my mom's death. I never could fully explain how comforting this podcast had been during these months. And I've learned so much from your episodes and given me ideas for further research. The loss of both my mama and brother were traumatic and sudden. Now I've come to know for sure that I have never processed my grief when I lost my brother. Just for background purposes, I must mention that I'm a respiratory therapist and was triggered every single day regards to COVID and found it very difficult to cope when I went back to work after her death. I was triggered every single day. It was hard enough prior to her death. I was extremely fearful of losing her or my dad if they contracted COVID. My biggest fear came through. Nine months after losing my mom, I became COVID positive again. I completed the 10-day quarantine in my guest bedroom in my home. I knew I would be physically okay, but I was having a difficult time mentally because I was so angry at this disease and the fact that it took my mom and so many others. The guest bedroom has my mom's bedroom set that she picked out years ago, and that was going to be her room when she visited, and ultimately my parents decided to live with us if they needed later in life. There was a framed picture of her when she was a young girl on the bedside table. One night, as I was lying in bed wrapped in an afghan she knitted when I was younger, I was having difficulty sleeping and was extremely upset, crying, feeling a lot of anger, sadness, hopelessness, all the feelings. I don't know how to accurately describe what I saw and felt, but I'll try. This wave of floating energy with the most beautiful colors of light blue, green, White and lavender surrounded me. It was as if it were floating all around me. At first, I thought I was imagining it, so I kept moving my eyes around the room to see if it was real, and it remained. I even reached out several times to try and touch it, and it remained when I ran my fingers through it. The wave of energy and light colors remained for several minutes, not sure exactly how long, and I can't explain the peaceful feeling that came over me in that moment. I could not only see it, but I could feel it as well. I believe it was my mama and my brother surrounding me with their love, letting me know that they were still with me. It made me cry, but tears of happiness and relief. I still have bad days, but I now look for the signs they send me, and there are many, and they never fail to let me know that they are next to me always. I'm so grateful for your work, and thank you for putting it out there into this world. This is such a a moving story.
0: Mm I was just going to say, and to see something like that physically.
1: Yes, and... Right after my marriage ended, I had three young children, and I would come, you know, and pick them up and take them, you know, on the weekends, and days, and special days, and all that. And for the first year, I was always trying to do something special, like take them to the, a park, take them to a circus, take them to, you know, an amusement park, and it became kind of expensive. And it also became, you know, I was running out of of things to do. And I spoke with a good friend of mine who was a very good psychologist. And he said, you know what they want? They want your physical presence. They want to feel you. They don't, you know, they, they may like the amusement park and stuff, but all you need to do is just be there for them, be there in the same room. And this is what brought, came to mind with this, is that she had this feeling that they were there and it made such a difference to her. Um, and, you know, it, they, she felt their support.
0: You're absolutely right. It's that connection. I mean, she was in the room. She had the photo of her mom. She was wrapped around with that blanket. All of those things is that she was really yearning for that connection and to be able to again, have it in such a beautiful way is amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much for this wonderful story, Lucia. The final story for today is from Aaron S. And this is a great example of how the animal world is just as connected to source as we humans are. So here we go. Hi, Nicole and Scott. First, I'd like to say how much I love the podcast and wish you both good luck with your book. Us too. (laughs) Uh, My story is related to my dad, whom I lost a year ago to rapidly declining dementia. During my father's illness, I visited a medium who, without any information from me, sensed my father was both here and there. And she had here and there in quotes, as in still physically here on earth, but also partially passed on or in spirit. She said this is common with people in a coma or suffering from Alzheimer's slash dementia and asked if this was the case with my dad. This, along with so much more that she tapped into, totally blew my mind. And the whole experience activated a very exciting spiritual awakening of sorts for me personally. A continued aspect of this is the signs I started receiving from my dad after he passed, most notably being visited by red-tailed hawks, which the medium told me to look out for on my walks and hikes in places that I'd never noticed them before. As an example, there's a small river path near my home where I regularly walk my dog. I had never seen a hawk there in the eight years we've lived here, and they are not known to nest there. But one afternoon on a walk with my dog, she would not budge. I kept trying to pull her along to hurry home and finally looked up to see what she was so enamored with. There was a red-tailed hawk sitting on a branch directly above us, barely 20 feet away, staring right at us. Seeing them in the sky is cool, but that particular experience was remarkable. A few days later, I was wine tasting with my husband and another couple. The party next to us pointed out a red-tailed hawk in the distance. The friends I was with were aware of my experiences with both the medium and with my dad, so I eagerly took out my phone to show them a picture of the hawk I'd seen on the river path days earlier. When I did this, I noticed my phone read 11 I have also been bombarded by angel numbers since my dad's passing. I then heard my husband say, ''Wow, this wine is amazing. Which one is it? The Russian River?'' The person pouring for us responded that the wine we were currently drinking was called the Thomas Road. My dad's name was Thomas. Wine tasting has always been one of his favorite activities when coming to visit us in Sonoma County. Needless to say, we bought a bottle. I truly believe that those were all signs from him hanging out with us that day for an activity that he would have loved. There is nothing more powerful to me in healing through grief than knowing that my loved ones are still here with me. And what I love about this is that there were a bunch of synchronicities and signs. Again, some of them maybe you could pass away or, or, you know, say... Logically, they're just coincidences, but I don't really believe in coincidences and also red-tailed hawks, uh, especially when she was talking about on the walk that they don't normally nest there, that she hadn't experienced one. And the fact that the medium told her to kind of start to pay attention once we do and the universe sees that there's a door open or that we're conscious and we're looking for things they tend to whether it's through our guides and angels or spirit team or our loved ones all of them will take opportunities as much as possible to drop those breadcrumbs so to speak in our lap and so that we start to pay attention but i think that that was amazing that she just seemed to have this cadence of things with her dad getting her attention
1: yeah and then the other th- the thing that popped out to me was that or it was a, a reminder is that animals, you know, are sentient beings. You know, they can experience uh, joy and fear and stress and they can communicate with us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what also stands out to me is that. We think about angels here on earth, and sometimes, like the other story where she had, she was hugged, and she knew that that was, he probably felt compelled to hug her, was almost like her dad or her loved one giving her that hug. So, humans operate and we receive messages, whether we intuitively know it or not, to act as angels here on earth and to provide that connection. But so do the animal spirits, whether it's through the hawks or I've talked numerous times about deer and how deer really had no importance to me up until more recently, the last year or so. And speaking of that moment or what you were talking about, the animal connection is... I think I've shared this on the podcast before, at least. Hopefully, I have. But there was a moment one day where this is about maybe a year ago, and I looked outside, and there was this red-tailed hawk, and it was standing um, on this. Uh, it was. It's kind of like a, a plant stand, so it's not really where water congregates, but if but it, it's in the middle of the yard at this place I rent, and it was just sitting there, and it kept staring at me. It was outside. I was inside. I was looking at it, and I just felt like it was important, but at the same time, I was busy, so I just acted up of oh hey you're beautiful thanks for stopping by but i wasn't getting a message per se from it intuitively and so i kind of just disregarded it and then later the in that day the puppy leo that i had at the time who by the way never would give me anything it was like that game of Oh, I have something, not gonna give it to you. I have something, not gonna give it to you. Walks out and trots over and picks up this feather that the the red tail hawk had, I guess had fallen off of it, and brings it up to me, up towards the stairs and drops it at my feet and just looked at me like this is you, this is for you, this is a gift. So I kept that feather. And then, of course, I'm looking up red-tailed hawks and what they mean and how sacred they are and the wisdom and the energy. But I just, again, think I say all that because to your point about animals and the connection and how they pick up on things and that there's an intelligence there is is really cool. All right. Well, anything else you want to share before we close things out, Scott? No, this is great. You know, a lot of great stories.
1: Thank you all for, for sharing them with us and sharing them with others. You know, we're all on the same journey and uh, each story has some little nugget of value, support and meaning. And it could be different for each of us, but uh, thank you for sharing
0: absolutely we thank you and sorry for everyone who has lost a loved one but also that shared these stories and hopefully there was some comfort in knowing that you have and are still connected to them in some way shape or form and that they're still communicating with us and hopefully for those listening you are able to have that connection yourself directly we all love these stories so definitely please keep them coming and reminder just like these it doesn't have to necessarily be about angels as in all of the other episodes but our loved ones who have passed it can be spiritual nature like a spiritual awakening or really whatever you feel led to share specifically we are looking for spooky stories for halloween and also any experiences that may have happened around the holiday time if we get enough we will do a special themed episode around these topics you can submit your story via the website at a psychicstory.com Forward slash story dash submission. You can also send an email to contact at a com or leave a voicemail at one eight hundred eight eight zero eighteen eighty one. 880 1881 Please note that there's a 10-minute limit on all voicemails. So if you do run over, you can call back to finish your message. And feel free to submit any questions you have. If you're outside the United States, as mentioned earlier, you can always uh, record the audio and submit it to us via email. Your question or story could possibly be included. Included in a future listener stories episode. Just note that when submitting, you are automatically giving a psychic story podcast permission to share it with listeners.
1: Thanks, Nicole. And for those looking for updates about our upcoming book, Looking for Angels, a Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, you can sign up to be alerted when it's available at lookingforangelsbook.com.
0: Thanks, everyone, for listening. Take care. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at apsychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at a or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win.